loud. Ta-da, watch out now. It's the little one, and I'm not Bow Wow. You got trees, roll it up. You a G, throw it up. Nigga slipped me his number on the note. I tore it up. What? They playing my shit. Slow it up. What? You out of Chrissy? Fuck it. Mow it up. Y'all just rookies popping on the scene. Be careful how y'all talk because you pop them things. Y'all see us on the TV rapping and acting. Yup. Uh-huh. Look a little closer. Yeah, that's us in the Millennium Testarossa. People taking pictures, blowing off cover. Paparazzi gonna get you one way or another. Hey, wait a minute. Ain't that Brandy's brother? Straight from the east side. That's how I ride. Here's another one. Ray J, tell him where you're from. I love it. Okay, wait. Let me try and guess who it is. Is it little K-I-M? Lil' Kim? Oh, yeah. You actually... Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I didn't know beforehand. No, actually, I'll, I'll be real with you. I'll be real with you. When you first told me what you were thinking about doing, you said you were going to do a Ray J or a song that she was on. And I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. And then once you did it, I was like, I know this rap. Like, I don't know the song, but I know the rap. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Hey, hey. Oh, I do I know thought, I didn't song. think I told okay. you at all. I didn't think I told you who... It was, but maybe. Oh, but maybe you got. Well, you from told the song. me. You told me it was. Yeah, you did tell me it was gonna be little. But like, I still was like, I don't. I can. I don't think Little Kim ever did something with Ray J. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then okay. now that you did it, I was like, oh, I did remember this song. Is this also nineties T? It's, it's 90s from two thousand one. No, two thousand one. Okay. So we were teenage girls. Yeah, okay. yeah, dating ourselves. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh man. Welcome back to another episode of Two Saved Queens, uh, one of the few places in the podsphere where you can have a conversation about politics, dick, and anti-blackness. I'm Miss Malachi, and I'm joined by the, I don't know, rap-loving Ray J. Oh, were you more about Ray J or Little Kim in that More song? about Little Kim, more about Okay, Kim. a Little Kim-loving Miss Devereaux. Yeah, you are down for the cat. Yes, yes. I-, I was about to just sidetrack this whole thing. Let's Kim. talk about Little Kim and yes. Nikki. And Nikki not giving Little Kim her props, but we're not going to do this. We oh, got a yeah. good, great today, show for y'all today, so we got to be today. focused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not let me take us off on a tangent. Uh, how are you doing, girl? How's the, how's how are you doing? How's the world treating you, girl? I am doing great, honey. But I will great. say, great, oh yeah. wow. Well, but I will say this: I'm I've heard a black be... person say that in days. Oh. <laughs> Years. I'm blessed and highly what? favored, girl. <laughs> Just like Juanita Bynum, girl, and all those, all right. you know, Paula White. Joel Osteen, all those type of girls. I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> but no, I um but no, I'm supposed to be in Paris right now. Like if it weren't Corona times, I would actually be in Paris celebrating my cousin's fiftieth birthday. That's but right. you know, that shit was canceled, girl. So it is what it yeah. is, right? I mean, you still could go. I got I we know some girls who are hopping on we planes, do. taking trips. We not do. us, not at the moment. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we could do it. But it's I don't. Also but like, don't. I mean, technically, you're supposed to go over there in quarantine for 14 days. If you there's go, that right? part. There's yeah. that part. And a part of me is also like, if you're going to go to a place like any place like Paris, I feel like if you're going to an island and you're like, all right, I'm just be on this island. I'll be on the beach. Okay. But if you're going to like a par- like a place where you're like, I want to go to the Louvre or walk the right. Seine or go right. have crepes, go to like some small little cramped place where people are going to be smoking cigarettes in my face. Um, this is that's not the Paris you're probably gonna get right now, so it's almost not worth going to. The, yeah, she yeah. wouldn't be the same in Corona times. Even if I could go, I don't. She wouldn't be the same city, you know, because mm-hmm. we were supposed to be. We were supposed to actually be. Um, there's actually a really cute restaurant at the at the top of the Montparnasse Tower, um, mm-hmm. which I like better than going to the top of the Eiffel Tower because if you go to the top of the Montparnasse Tower, you get a view of the Eiffel Tower at night, and it's is amazing. that in North? Paris? No. Where is it? It's in the Montparnasse Tower. Is I think it's in a part of town called La Défense, which is like. But like, what part of Paris? Like, do you remember what part of Paris it's in? I'm trying Um, to think if I've been there or not. I probably. It sounds familiar. Maybe I just saw it on the map. Um. It's well. I'm not gonna sidetrack. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. It's like a. It's a skyscraper. It's it's in the. It's like. I can't remember exactly where it it's is. It's fine. In Paris. It's fine. Yeah. We'll look it up another time. Like the six, but, uh, the six arrondissement. It's between the six and the four. You know, I'm not gonna know what that means. Oh, okay. um, got it, got it. But um, I do love Paris, and um, I do 
do I want to go to the top of the Eiffel Tower? Because I think it'd be cute to have champagne because you have champagne up there. But I'll be honest, I think my favorite part is actually just like watching the Eiffel Tower when she lights up. Like, I don't need to, I think, even be, you know, <laughs> inside of her. I like to just like see her light up. That's my favorite, one of my favorite things in the world, actually, to see like, you know, the Iron Lady light up. Oh, she's beautiful. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I was supposed to go to Paris this summer and I didn't go either, but, um, yeah, we're not talking about me, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, girl, we'll get over it. Well, I mean, we've been to Paris before multiple times and we'll go again in the future. You know, it's not the end of the world, girl. People are dying, you know. Not yet. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How many now? How we, we still haven't broken 200 I think we're at 190. We're at at 190,000 a day, girl. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, also, girl, so, you know what, but, like, the reason I hold, I did the whole Ray J song is kind of, like, hearkening mm. back to, you know, the Brandy and Monica verses that we um, missed talking about last week because we recorded a little bit early last week, but, mm. um, girl, I remember years ago, maybe, like, seven, eight, maybe even nine years ago, eight or nine years mm. ago, probably, you told me a Ray J story... <laughs> And Ray J showed up at the Brandy and uh, Monica versus like he was in pictures on social media after the fact, hugging Brandy mm. and Monica. So, girl, I just wanted you to tell the girls your Ray J story. <laughs> I really did. That's why. That's the whole reason I did the song, bitch. Uh, that's so funny. Because we probably would have done a Monica song. We'll get to like do a little bit on the Monica Brandy versus thing that they did to like you know um, remind people to vote. But, uh, yeah, so I met Ray J. So I used to work at a certain hotel. I don't really need to hide the name, but I'll just say a certain hotel at the corner of Beverly and La Cienega. (laughs) Give an exact Um, exact location. Across from a major mall in L.A. It was like a four-star hotel that was, I think it was Australian-owned. I don't remember. No, no, no. It was French. Oh, no, it was just popular in Australia in certain parts of Europe. Uh, It was French-owned. Um... But, yeah, so I used to work the overnight shift there because I, early L.A. days when she was hustling, um, she would, I would do the overnight shift because then it would free up my day to do meetings and to write. And it didn't always work out well because then a bitch would be too tired because the overnight shift at a hotel is basically like 11 to 7, something like that. And basically that job is to turn over the hotel. So you're supposed to, supposed to, it's usually a quiet time at a hotel, but you're also responsible for like turning over the hotel for the next day. It's also a time when you get, when when people come through, when you have the 2 a.m. crew, people coming out from the club, they don't want to drive home, or they have been driving and realize they shouldn't because the cops are out there with checkpoints, so they need to get girl, in the hotel for the those night. Those L.A. checkpoints are nothing to play with, girl. Uh, honey, I know. Honey, Every time I've come out there, I see those cops, girl, on Santa Monica honey, Boulevard. They, They'll surprise you, bitch. They'll surprise you, bitch. Don't. Ooh. Ooh, girl. Ooh. Ooh, I've never. I've never. I've never. I'm not going to. I'll tell a story another time. But I've never driven drunk. But I've been in the car with someone who's driven drunk. But a story for another time. Yeah, Uh, girl. And it was real scary. Let's have our L.A. checkpoint. (laughs) Let's have our L.A. checkpoint story. (laughs) On an upcoming episode. Because it was one crazy L.A. checkpoint story. Okay. All right. We're going to pin this. We're going to pin this. We're going to write that down. L.A. checkpoint. So, but yeah, basically like. And I was on where this hotel was. If you know where Beverly and La Cienega is, it's on the west side of town, near West Hollywood, near Beverly Hills. So you get a certain clientele. Um, but so I would have all types of people. Like I met Floyd Mayweather. He came in with like ten of his baby mamas. Um, I met Sh- I met Suge Knight, who Suge Knight, by the way, tipped me the best out of everyone, even white people. So I don't care what you know. I don't care who he killed, but. Um, he took me really loved well. I would have met him. I was always like, would you have had a conversation? Was, with Shug? He was su- and he was super nice. Like for a minute, I, I wasn't was sure it was him until I saw the ID. I was like, yo, day. it's really Shug Knight in front of me. Um, yes, I would have so, loved to have met him. I would have gotten a picture and everything. <laughs> to, I know that's like, did you do it? But... To be what? <laughs> what are you gonna say? Because yeah, you're not supposed. Obviously, that's overall LA for any service job in LA. You're not supposed to be like, can I get your picture? Can I get your picture? Yeah, but Suge Knight though. <laughs> you like, want a picture with Suge Knight? I mean, I'm a I'm a rap fan. Like I've been a rap oh, fan. You like, know what? That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Death Row was it. Um, so on one of these nights, Ray J came in. Of course, again, came in with the entourage. And I'm like, oh, it's Ray J. He looked fine. It was like, okay, I'm not, 
I never thought Ray J was super cute. Maybe like early Moesha days, but he was fine. It's like, hey, it's Ray J. He's like, oh, yeah, can I, you know, I came, can I get a room? I was like, okay, well, you know, I need a credit card. He's like, oh, all right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he looks at his entourage. Um, they look back at him. <laughs> and he's like, you know, can you do, can I put down cash? I'm like, and you actually can check in the hotels with cash, but it's like, the reason why hotels take, even if you have all the cash to pay for your night, the reason why they put credit cards, if you fucking trash the room or throw some shit or whatever happens, we're still liable for that. So that's why we take that credit card. So I was like, okay, you can pay cash, but I still need a credit card. Um, so then somehow out of these like five niggas he's with, none of them have a credit card. And I'm just like, he's like, oh, yo, can I, you know, let me call. Like, I got to make a call. I got to have someone come. With a credit card to put down a credit card. I'm like, okay. So I'm just, I'm like, let me just keep doing my paperwork. I'm not about to let this man in. <laughs> because basically if some shit gets messed up, bitch, my ass is on the line. So I'm not about to let you check in with no credit card, Mr. Ray J. I know who you are. But it's a new credit card. And I feel like this was after, I don't know if this was, because this may tie also tie into like our topic for this week. I don't, Ray J was kind of in the news, but I think this was before, this was before the Kardashian video, I feel like. Uh, but I think it was like there was still just some news about Ray just kind of being a mess. Um, nothing crazy, but so that was a part of it too. It, w- it wasn't before the Kardashian video. Was it not? The Kardashian video came out in two thousand seven. Oh shit! Okay, then it was okay. Cool, but the the cool. thing is, is like I don't think he got paid out. Like he he and Kim got paid out by some professional porn company for releasing the video and violating copyright see that's some tea i never in 2012 ish i think they got like they they were supposed to either split five million or they got five million a piece so i feel like this was before he had gotten that payout but definitely after because <laughs> i was like how are you broke like i'm really like like i literally was just looking at him like you're brandy's brother how are you broke right now and so then they're like of course they do that thing where they're like all right well hold on we're gonna go to the car we're gonna go you know we're gonna go and get some get get some money out or go to the car because you could then also like maybe pay like three times as much money you may able to let him in because i'm like all right it's ray j i mean i still would have been on the fence because i'm like i don't like you that much so anyway they all leave and the gag the gag was the video was taped in 2003 but didn't co- didn't get released in 2007 so that was that's the gag well i want to i want to go back to that because i'm okay. curious so but so then they all leave and then girl they never came back he never came back I'm just like, and I was like, in my head, I'm like, why the fuck did I get Ray J? Because I heard on other nights from other people, like, there was a night Rihanna came to the hotel. I was like, why did I fucking have Rihanna? Rihanna could have paid for that room. Like, Rihanna would have been able to pay for her room. Why did I get, why did I get broke-ass Ray J? Why did I get Rihanna? But um, that was really that story. It was just one of many just wild LA. It's just LA. LA. Um, people, LA. like, because literally you, he's driving up with, like, a Mercedes. Like, a, like, they all have nice cars. And you're like... How are you driving that car, but you don't have enough money to check into a hotel or a credit card to check into a hotel? So Because some of those girls, they, they might have cash inflow. They just don't have good credit, you know? Yeah, but, that's but fair, too. It's weird, though. You would think they'd have, like, a debit card at least, right? Would you all accept just, a debit card? or? Yeah, yeah. We can oh, accept debit cards. And you, are, are, Actually, he could have called Brandy, and I could have taken her card over the phone. <laughs> oh, yeah. But she might have got tired of his ass. She might have covered his right? ass one too many uh. times, you know? You just never know. But so you're saying, but going back to the video, you're saying they had the video. Who had the video? So did a porn company had the video? Yeah, I think. I so think, did they film it for a porn company? No, no. They filmed it for their own personal use, but it got leaked somehow. Now, I don't know whether oh, it was Chris Jenner or whoever who leaked it. Oh, but it got, allegedly. It, allegedly. <laughs> but it got leaked somehow. And then I guess they had um to a porn company because the porn company is the one who released it they actually got, got sued it. and had to pay them ah uh, now i get it because when you were saying the payout i was like wait did the po- who paid and I, was, I get it now and i think it was almost um, five million dollars they made a piece from that move from that video. did you girl did you watch it did you watch it? i've watched parts of it before like how, like was, way, how was his, how was the stroke how was the stroke was so it it's funny because like the part I like. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I just. Watched I saw it. clips of it. And I was like, it's fine. It's sometimes yeah. when I watch heteros have sex, I'm like, y'all have sex. It just looks boring. Like there's things jiggling. It's anyway. Sorry. Which which is interesting <laughs> because because the the theory is always that a pussy can take a lot more than a than an ass can. So it's kind of interesting, like that. <laughs> 
that it's like the strokes sometimes. But sometimes I see straight porn and the nigga is like going in and I'm like, oh shit, that's how, yeah. She might need to go to the doctor. (laughs) Yeah, like, but then uh, like sometimes I see it and the stroke is like mad weak and Mm. I guess that's, I didn't see the stroke part. I only saw Kim kind of munching on him. Like that's all I, Mm. that's all I was, Mm. all I watched. I wasn't interested enough to watch the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, who has a time? Even back yeah, then. Even back then, yeah. <laughs> I've been um, a busy girl for a long time, girl. Come on with it, sis. Yeah. Come on with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's been working nine to five. Uh, so you kind of mentioned earlier, you know, because we didn't, because we recorded the show a bit earlier last week, um, Brandy and Monica versus to kind of raise awareness to vote. Um, you weren't even going to really watch this, I don't think. Like, I wasn't going to watch it. I didn't even know what was happening until a friend called me and was like, oh, watch it. You should watch this. Um, and I thought they were going to be, like, singing more live. Although Monica did do some singing, and she sounded amazing. Yeah, she did. Brandy she did. sounded fine. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. So, and I think for my friend who was watching with me, I think LTA ended for him Brandy kind of winning. Pers- I, For me, Monica won it. Because from the fit, like, wearing that Fendi. And I was yes, like, she they, looks so good. She oh, that Fendi good. outfit that was, like, they kind of, like, put that together. Kind of, like, designed. Like, his, it, the guy who did it is Colin. Colin or Colin? I'm not sure if it's Colin or Colin Carter. And he does all of Cardi B's. He's, like, Cardi B stylist. So he Ooh. worked with Monica for this. Um, yeah, girl, I looked into that fit. Because it was just so sick. It was. And, like, you saw, Brand- and it just... And Brandy looked good still. I she, mean, looked she looked fine. She looked yeah. Like it looked, it looked. It was like I get it. It was a look, but it wasn't given what Monica was given. Like Monica was given sleek and cute. Yeah, for sure. But um, who's your? Who are you? Who are you feeling? Who? Well, your... it was weird. The reason I wasn't gonna watch it is because historically, like on those verses, because they don't sing. Because right. and so that's what was my critique. Like I wasn't gonna watch it. And then you're like, oh, girl, this is about to be on. Turn it on. And well, I, I also also like it was like. The back and forth, I was like, bitch, I'm just enjoying some of this shade back and forth. Because yeah. it's just this slight, like, oh, girl, you know, she, like, Mon- like Brandy, Monica will compliment Brandy. And she'd be like, oh, I think, I, and she'd be like, oh, no, I think I sounded trash there. And Mon- Monica's like, no, I really think you sounded good. She's like, why are you saying that? Don't, you know, I don't believe. <laughs> like, it'd just be like <laughs> this real subtle, like, yeah. like, I feel like at any moment, you're like, this could all go bad. Like, you're just, like, watching this, like teetering off the like are they gonna fight are this is it like this kind of back and, and obviously i felt like there were just times when like brandy would jab at monica and you're like girl why you say it like that? like monica would just say something she'd be like oh why don't you join me on that song and she was like because it was your turn to sing <laughs> why was i gonna join you she's like oh you're gonna cut it off before i got to harmonize and we're like girl what are you up like she just would not give in monica any time it's just i it's think that's just their relationship though, though. yeah they i think they, so they, they have they have weird interpersonal dynamics but i what I yeah. will say, because obviously the rumor that like Monica slapped Brandy or beat her ass some, <laughs> some years ago over something. I don't know what it. I don't even know, girl. We have so many other things to care about and worry about. But I will say this much: like, I um I was noticing that Brandy was more of a fan of Monica's songs, but like Monica wasn't really like a fan of Brandy's songs as much. Yeah. It was kind of interesting, yeah. but. I feature both of them. Like, I love Brandy for the culture. Like, I love Moesha. Mm-hmm, it's one of my favorite mm-hmm, sitcoms. Like, mm-hmm. we've talked about that before. I love Moesha. Which is now on Netflix. Quick side yes. note, Netflix has now got Moesha. It's got Girlfriends. We had talked about that. One of Someone had written in. So, if you want to catch up on your black culture, set it off. It's got that, like, you know, Queen Latifah's a lesbian or <laughs> more of a lesbian. Um, so, it's got a lot of, like, black, you know, Netflix was holding it down. Like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do this for the culture. We're going to put out all your favorite UPN shows, all your favorite Fox shows. <laughs> yeah yeah from the 90s and that yeah. type of tea yeah but i but yeah i love moesha and i and i love like there were a few brandy songs that were like oh i didn't realize i love that full moon album as much as i did like why don't you return my calls why don't, you know all of that i was singing i was singing along to a lot of the brandy stuff um best friend is like probably my brand my favorite brandy song but then mm. like Girl, when Monica broke out with Before You Walk Out My Life, girl, I almost had a seizure, mm. girl. That was my <laughs> song. <laughs> Bitch, I love Before You Walk Out My Life. Oh, oh, my gosh. I love that whole Miss Thing album. I was listening to it yes. for a long time. Like, I love that album. She was 13 when she recorded that album. That so so sounds so great. Because I feel like that just feels like grown people music. Like, when you, For You, I Will. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, what's a 13-year-old saying about For You, I Will? But you're like, for me, at my 30s, like, oh, yes, bitch, I will. 
um that angel of mine that was it that's what got me. Oh, I, love I love that, that song. song yeah um like, I, think, the, I know that's on the second album of her that's on yeah. i think it's on the boy's mind that album mm. the boy's mind. um yeah i don't always think about the names of like monica's but then i'll hear it and i'll be like oh my god i love this song but um yeah yeah, yeah, so Monica's got vocals. I mean, everyone always says Brandy has a lot of vocal control and whatnot, but I, for me, Monica, just the power in her vocals, I just, she was, I mean, she's underrated to me. I really thought I has, about it. I had someone tell me that, like, Brandy is the vocal Bible. Have you ever heard that term? Yeah, I've before? heard that term before because I think what it is is she has a lot of control, her mm. tone, like, for the girls who are, like, real vocalists. Like, I heard, you know, that mm. they, her control of her voice, like, really. Yeah. Oh, probably like they say that Brandy has more control over her voice than almost any other mm. popular artist. Um, okay. Yeah, I heard that, and I I laughed when they told. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> shady ho, bitch. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah. I think we can get into because uh, we got a deep dive, and I want us to go give us time to dive into our topics. So our enlightened Jews discussion this week, um, we're bringing it back to anti-blackness, one of our favorite topics. Yeah. But talking... <laughs> we talk about this shit a lot. But I mean, it's like relevant, right? Because it's everywhere. Anti-blackness it is, it is. is you fucking know, everywhere, bitch. It's, like... it's going to be... No, girls, as soon as November comes, we're going to just be light topics for the rest of like, you know, until the next Trump gets reelected. No, um, oh, so we're going to oh, talk oh, about anti-blackness. Oh, and I don't know what we're gonna do if he gets reelected, girl. I don't know. We're just gonna be. I'll be telling you about how I'm on an island, <laughs> describing the water to you, and I'm gonna be right here with my gun. Yeah, like, you're like, yeah, ammo. girl. I'm in my boarded I'm up be apartment, <laughs> girl. So we're talking about anti-blackness, but for them thinking about ethnic white, we had talked about it globally. This time we're gonna talk about it a bit closer to home, um, in the form of ethnic whites and. <laughs> And off white, off white, which girl. what would you define as an off white girl? Off white is like the Kardashians are off white, <laughs> for instance. Like, uh, like are even like to some degree like, some Middle Eastern people who are classified mm. by the U.S. Census Bureau as white actually mm. are off white. Um, Armenians would be off white. Maybe like people from like Kazakhstan and some of those countries mm. in like. You know, Central Asia, yeah. um, like non-Western European Europe. whites. Yeah, exactly. Other type of white. Um, yeah, so like anti-blackness among both the ethnic whites, like the Italians, the Irish, the Polish, all of them, mm-hmm. and then also like the off-whites, girl, the Armenians, the you know the you know. Well, I'm gonna talk about a particular group. In a little, yeah, in a little. Well, bit. let's get it. Let's get into it, girl. So, what made you come up with this topic? What, yeah. What? So I thought <clears> about <throat> this topic because I so like Michigan, girl. It is a lot of hillbilly. It's a lot of like not like southern hillbillies, but just like white trash in Michigan. Like okay. <laughs> so like, um, my well, that's my dad's term. He used to use. I don't really use that term that much, but he used to always say that. And I'm like, okay, so like. What does that mean exactly? So that means like really white grievance based like people who, you know, think that whites are the victim, like that kind of thing. And um, and you see them like when you go on like in our Metro Detroit, like our local news channels on their Facebook pages and you look at the comments under the Detroit news under channel two and channel seven, uh, WDIV, like our channel four, click on Detroit.com and you look at the comments and you see like these white racist comments. Mm. And I've noticed a pattern where like a lot of the most racist comments under news stories about crime in Detroit or whatever it is come from people with Italian last names or Polish last names. Mm. Like I've noticed this trend over and over and over again. I'm like, oh my God, these people were like barely white 50 years ago. Like the white people didn't even <laughs> want them here 50, 60, and 70 years ago. Okay, like, the white people being like the white protestant like the brits exactly and from western right. europe and so like they, like these were immigrant groups 60 70 80 years mm-hmm. ago like in 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 other white other white protestants in particular didn't even want them here right so mm-hmm. um i mean so but here's the interesting thing so there was a girl that i went to grade school with and she's an italian american her family's italian american and she's very nice. She was, she was always very, very nice. I went to grade school with her and high school with her. So, like, I've been knowing her since first grade. Very well-off family. Uh, we went from one private school to the next, right, for high school. Mm-hmm. And she... Um, and by she... 
fish, fish, queen. fish, fish, okay, fish. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, a fish, white fish, um, Italian American fish. So I was like, you know, it was actually her birthday. It was on her birthday was on Facebook. So I was like, oh, you know okay. what? I was like, you know what? I'm just so curious. I'm gonna go and look up her dad on Facebook and see what type of tea that he posts on Facebook. And I'm going to just go, because they're Italian-American, and my theory is that, like, I feel like Italian-Americans are more racist than, like, regular white people almost. So, like, at least that's my experience here in Metro Detroit, like like I said. And so I went and, like, and looked up her dad on Facebook. He had wished her happy birthday. I clicked on his thing. He had, like, a bunch of stuff public, like baby boomers tend to have. They don't know any better, (laughs) right? And he, like, had all this, like, anti-Obama, pro-Trump racist mm. anti-black stuff it wasn't like extreme but it was like mild anti-blackness right mm. he had like all this stuff on his page like it fit the exact stereotype that i had had in my mind mm. and so um it just got me thinking about this topic for this week's show because i was like you know what? i want to address this because i talk about this on my personal facebook page all the time that like italian and polish americans and other like local like kind of more recent immigrant groups than other white people like tend to be the most racist like in my opinion in my experience um and you you might have a story of your own well i mean you're from philly so that's a heavy italian-american city right like a lot of italian yeah so so i think the first thing i'll say is i think a piece of it is probably like overcompensation like thinking about the fact that italians irish they were having that immigrant status they were treated like but they were treated like you know really terribly you know they were having they were um and in some ways i think to basically to move their way up because they were closer to whiteness and they could some of them could pass even back even though there were issues back then it was so interesting reading about like italian tea about like the italian civil war and like how there were that same thing like colorism and that that stuff is not just it's all over like with like the sicilians being more dark-skinned and them kind of you know not being respected as much and you know having issues in the italian community but i think it's this idea like overcompensating it's like almost like well we need to almost prove our whiteness so let's let's go even harder for it and i think about that with philly because yeah philly is like a very black city Mm -hmm. and when you first asked me about like the relationship with it you know with like italians and stuff a part of me was like i couldn't i really had to rack my brain because especially thinking about south philly so south philadelphia is known for being very italian and i was also saying like i had originally said irish too and you're like oh no i think the irish are more in the north um like where i went to high school and stuff but actually there there were a lot of irish in the south too and it was and i don't think i actually remember that for sure that is why i was like oh maybe you're right but back early philly days there were in that part of south philly there were irish there there were italians there and there were black people and ultimately it became a thing about like housing that like with the federal housing administration of course we talk about like redlining and these things making it easier for certain people to buy properties that that's where those demographics started changing that's where segregation started happening and where black people started getting pushed out into more different parts of philly and especially like north philly is known for being very black um but for me when you were like bringing up south philly i was like girl i don't know i don't know nothing about south philly <laughs> Cause you didn't, really, cause you didn't go to South Philly like, like that. I was like, yeah. and I, and, and I, I'm sure, like I, I think I will ask my mom at some point what, cause my mom still lives in Philadelphia. Um, she lives a little bit more like kind of the start of the suburb, but she's lived in Philly for decades, and I'm sure she has experiences about it. But it really, I think that was almost the answer of itself. I was like, girl, you, you ain't got no reason to go to South Philly. Like you don't go to South. Like I have to really think about it. And I think, unless it was, I think there was, because we did have a, um, I think some of the sports stadiums are in deep South Philly. So mm-hmm. I think I maybe went for something like that. But otherwise, like my earliest memories of going to South Philly was when we went to college. And that was because like girls wanted to go like, oh, there's a brunch place in South Philly. Mm-hmm. And even then I remember, like I remember Samantha's, I think it was like Sam's, it was like known for having like these I don't know. They were like hollow waffles. I don't remember. Some waffle. French toast. Some f- special French toast. Oh, French toast. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I feel like you've yeah. been there. It was like a place to go. But I yeah. feel like that was like my one memory of going to South Philly. Because it's like, girl, ain't no reason to go down there. That's not That's not our place. Like it, and because it they don't want us down there. Told. That's why you felt that way. And that's the tea. historically, like the Italian-Americans and maybe the Irish too. But I just def- definitely remember the Italian-Americans. Like if I remember before... I spent the time I did in Philadelphia, like, before that. But I'd heard stories where 
they like they did they would try to run a black family out of a neighborhood in South Philly mm-hmm. if like a black family mm-hmm. tried to move into one of those Italian American neighborhoods in South Philly they would try to run them out of there like they did not want us down there. Yeah, I mean, because some of it, and I mean, going back to like some of that federal housing stuff from you know, and even thinking about stuff around the New Deal, like that's when some of this stuff started getting like put in, like started getting um, nailed down. But back then, it was that worry about like we were fighting each other, or there was a feeling of, like we got it. <laughs> going to capitalism tea but like it was about the jobs right like they didn't want black people taking jobs right and of course it was like you know with them jobs also gave them opportunity to get closer to whiteness so it's about getting closer to white because once you're closer to it you get more acceptance more upward mobility you're one of us um but i think the interesting thing about south philly especially recently is just that like she's not doing great right, <laughs> like right. she's kind of rough right now um, she's been hit pretty badly economically. Like if you look at Philly, like the parts that are still are just, like mainly like the downtown area, Center City, parts of like Maniunk, which is kinda like northwest. Yeah, like northwest of the city. Um, West Philly where Penn, um, University of Pennsylvania is, which has just taken over one of the Ivy Leagues has taken over that whole <laughs> that yeah. whole and there's a whole different story there about this, you know white institution taking over West Philly was also a more black area and it's kind of pushing the black people further and further out and gentrifying it. Um, but I think the two interesting things that happened recently with South Philly were about the Frank Rizzo statue and the Columbus statue. And we had talked about Frank Rizzo before uh, being, which I forgot, of course, he was the first Italian American mayor of Philadelphia mm-hmm. and was also a horrible racist yes. <laughs> it was known for being against desegregation was um went out of his you know a lot of police brutality happened under him i think when he was running for one of his terms one of his big things was vote white and it goes back to that thing i was just saying about like overcompensating and there are a lot of italian americans who were fighting to make sure so there was a frank rizzo statue i'm blanking on where it was but they were fighting they were really upset I think it was near downtown, but they were really upset when it got taken down because for them, this was their a kind of heroic figure of that community, and he was someone who was promoting safety and security against who black people. Um, so they were really upset about that. But then that kind of translated to with everything happening with the riots. You know, people also kind of looking at Columbus, and of course, Columbus was Italians, and right. it's like, girl, what? Like how? How far back do you even need to look to for some of y'all girls to even have any connection to Columbus? But they were still out there with their bats. Like you said, they love to have their bats. <laughs> yes, <defending> yes. The, <laughs> the Philly bats. Italians, they're known for that. The bats like, thing. yeah. And, and it's interesting. And then, you know, with everything happening where, you know, it's just all feels so connected. Cause then we're talking about that, you know, we're talking, and the, you know, that, that shooting that happened in Kenosha and how those police, had basically, you know, spoken to the shooter and basically, like, were, like, thanking him and others for being there. In in South Philly, there was an incident, this was, uh, this was maybe a month ago, where, like, there were all, it was in Fishtown, um, and there were all these, like, almost like a white mob that were basically, like, trying to defend... <laughs> Because they were worried about us burning their shit down. Like, bitch, we ain't worried about burning nothing down in South Philly or in Fishtown. But they were out there basically with bats, like a roaming, like, kind of militia, white militia tea. And the police there weren't doing anything to them. And more so, they were def- actually, like, they would talk to them, communicate with them. And they were more trying to, like, they were more difficult to the protesters. And that's that tea where it's like, this is how it all connects. Like, this type of anti-blackness from, like, you know, these communities that at one point were immigrants, but have now become part of this system right. that reinforces this whiteness and reinforces anti-blackness. And I think anti-blackness has become a way for like immigrant, you know, more recent white immigrant groups to it, to integrate themselves into whiteness. Right. So like, girl, you can always beat up on us. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're always at the bottom of the pole. Exactly. I mean, and, cause I, and I mean, there's probably another conversation talking about like, Asian Americans and that, but that's a whole, that's a whole nother. Yeah, that's a different, that's a different (laughs) yeah. But I think like, I think that's their, I think that was like, because basically I heard that at one time that the white people, like that white people were calling Italians the N-word, like at one time, like that, and they had all these other racial slurs for it. Well, because you think about like, right, and I can't remember what some, but if you think about like, you know, Sicilians are darker skin, like they're yes. not. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I, it was so interesting. One of the articles I was kind of reading to prep for the show, when it was looking at like, hey, look at like World War Two, like you know, after like Mussolini, like Italy, we were against Italy. There was a lot of anti-Italian for sure. feeling. For sure. Um, 
But ultimately, somehow it's become this thing of like, especially, you know, think about the South Philly example of like, they're both, and I'm curious if it's like that in Detroit too, where it's like, you're both a victim and you're the accuser. Like, you're, you're like, you want it both ways. You're like, well, we're victims because, you know, we had it bad too. You know, Italians didn't, weren't always accepted. But at the same time, it's like, but you can't, we don't care about the fact that like some of us have hurt you. Like, you're just not going to take down our history, our statues, even though we actually kind of face some of the things that you face, but we kind of had to divest ourselves to get accepted. And it's like, you can't have it both ways. You can't, but they, it feels like they still try to, right? Well, I feel like what I feel like what a lot of Italian Americans say is, "Oh, we came here and we worked hard, and we why couldn't blacks do it?" Too? Oh, is that what happened? That's a oh, big yeah. thing that happens in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. And I, but see, in, in, in all honesty, Italian Americans <laughs> y'all just worked hard. That's how y'all got ahead. Huh? And Italian Americans definitely they were a, they were you know culturally they were builders and they did build a lot of Detroit. Like Italian Americans built a lot of Detroit. In all honesty, and, and a lot of other cities too. Um, and, but it was interesting is that, yeah, like the anti-blackness among, I almost assume rate, I mean, it's, it's terrible to say because it's a stereotype that I have in my head, but I almost assume racism among Italian Americans first. Remember that picture? Remember that super fine guy from Brooklyn I showed you on Instagram (laughs) one time and he's an Italian American guy, bald white guy. He's so fine. He's like a fitness guy. And I said, girl, how many times do you think when, how many times do you think he used the N word? Like, (laughs) <laughs> and, and you were like, you were like, girl, probably just when he's mad. Like, he's not like the worst. Uh, especially in those New York Italian. It was so interesting. I, I listened to this video game podcast, and there's this Italian-American on there. And he talks about how when he grew up in New York, like, from he grew up in Queens. He's like, yeah, we used to use the nigga all the time. They used to use that. And he's like, as I got older, I realized that wasn't right. But he's like, yeah, I have aunts, uncles. They would use that all the time. All the time. Um, I, I believe it. I believe it. And and w- and what I wanted to add to it is like, there's there's this ethnic group here in uh, Southeast Michigan called Chaldeans. They're Middle Eastern Christians. Um, they're originally from Iraq, and they settled the the largest community of Chaldeans outside of the Middle East is here in Southeast Michigan, and then they have smaller communities in different parts of California, and also like in the Chicago land area, but Metro Detroit has the largest population of them. And they are known for, they own a lot of like party stores and gas stations and those kinds of businesses here locally and other businesses too. But they are known for using the N word. Like they, like about black like people. Like in reference to us. Cause you know, some uh, people are like, Oh yeah. Like I hate, you know, like sometimes <laughs> they're not, they're just saying like, Oh, I get to say the N word on song. They're saying like, "Oh, I hate niggas coming in the store." What they, they say, and they and they and they're probably the ethnic group here. I, that's why I call them like off whites, right? Because technically, by the census, they're considered white. Um, they are Christian too, but they're really Middle Eastern and they're off white. They're not really white. They're really Middle Eastern, and so they use it again, like with each other. They call each other nigger. They call us nigger. They like use it just <laughs> so liberally and so frequently, mm. and and in some cases, they're known for being racist too. Like I. Um, I was working with a Chaldean, um, business, like client and, and like even one like member of that family, like admitted to me, like, yeah, Chaldeans can be very racist against black people. Like she said it verbatim. And I just, you know, I was like, yeah, I know they are. Like I already, I told her like, yeah, I mean, black Girl, people, I we know, know it. I never trust you anyway. But the gag is, and they're very against intermarriage. Like they don't want their women in their community intermarrying anyone who's not Chaldean. So especially blacks, but they don't want them with black men, but they don't want them with any other men. But the gag is a lot of, Kel- there are a lot of Chaldean men who get black women pregnant locally here in Detroit mm-hmm. too. And that is a common phenomenon here in Detroit mm-hmm. too. So you'll see kids that are like half Chaldean, half black. They make beautiful. They, I mean, honestly, that's <laughs> a beautiful, do this. that's a beautiful do this. combination. <laughs> but it's still problematic as heck because they are like known, like is they have a lot, and they were very <laughs> pro Trump. So to Chaldeans were very pro Trump in the 2016 election. Was there a story about some Chaldean getting deported? I mean, yes, that's and, he, else. and he de- wasn't he, that wasn't that. He's deported the hell out of that community because a lot of them have law, like a lot of them have a lot of I shouldn't be laughing. It's really not, but it's also like y'all girls, this is who y'all voted for. And then y'all surprised. Y'all thought, y'all thought y'all were white. Y'all thought y'all had it all. And yeah, Trump has deported more, like Obama had a moratorium on deporting Chaldeans because they are, they are a minority in Iraq and uh, they, when they get deported, they often go back and they're murdered in Iraq. And so the Obama administration had a, had a moratorium on deportation of Chaldeans and Trump lifted that moratorium and girls, some of them have been 
deported and they have actually been killed or died from health issues mm. back in Iraq. And that community supported Trump in heavy numbers. Yep. So they get they why you know, and but what I'm but I also feel like part because I think from one of the stories about why they support it, some of that support is around immigration tea too. Like they're like, oh well, he says he's going to protect our borders and stuff. Well, so in part of well, it, well, I'm curious. I'm curious. In Detroit's case, was it that too? Yeah. Well, so the, I've heard a few reasons. The Chaldean supported Trump because he said during the 2016 cycle that he was su- going to support Christian minorities in the Middle East, and mm. he was going to have more U.S. government support for them, and I that see. was one thing. The second thing is Chaldeans also are known for being, in many cases, not universally, but often very anti-Muslim, which we have a large Arab Muslim population here in Detroit too, but. They don't really mix that well. And so because of Trump's anti-Muslim rhetoric, like talking about closing, you know, stealing off the borders to Muslims and not allowing any Muslims in, they were attracted to that, too. Plus the anti-blackness mm. piece, because Chaldeans are locally are known for being. Anti-black. Well, that'll so, do it. So you get what you get. Yes. Yes, it, yes, it will. So now, um, girl, go ahead. We, so we haven't talked. Well, I was just going to say that we haven't talked a lot about the Irish. And I think I because I, I think. I don't know. I feel like, because thinking about Philly, I don't know. Like, I feel like I didn't even really run into Irish, because I went to Irish Catholic high school, and that's where I, I think. I think a lot of, in Philadelphia, I think a lot of the Irish are in the Northeast. Because the Irish have been a bit, yeah. I think that I think in Northeast they, Philadelphia is the domain of the Irish primarily. Yeah, yeah, but just thinking about it in terms of, like, more folk, more on, like, Irish and, like, their anti-blackness. Oh, girl, so, so really, I don't know Philly... The Philly, the 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 major story is the Italians yes, and blacks yeah. clashing. But in like, I, yeah, in yeah, Boston, yeah. in Boston, and in New York, probably. But in Boston, it's the Irish and black people who clash. Like because in Boston, like in 1974, there were white race riots, white race riots that were all there were Irish Americans trying to keep blacks out of their schools, trying to oppose desegregation in the 70s. Like, and there was actually. Mm white racial violence against you know black people trying to integrate into schools throughout the city there in boston so yeah and in new york you know in new york the police force has the irish americans have a um heavy presence in the the police force in new york city like um those irish families yeah like they're like they'll be like the father the grandfather all be like police officers yes yeah and so think that that in itself is like obviously you know a source of contention between the irish community and the black community there in new york so just something to think about yeah there's Mm -hmm. definitely a lot of issues there too but you know all of these ethnic all think about 70 in the in the 19 you know 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s like the white people used to consider these people like Mm -hmm. you know dirt right and all of a sudden they're like these people are like some of the most anti-black white people now and it's just a, such a huge transition so quickly within the last 50 plus years. But it's also not surprising because white people are going to white at the end of the day. All kinds of white people are going to white. Even off whites are going to white. So, But I think it's also like that was that way of like getting almost getting into the club. Like to be right. racist against black people or to be anti-black is a way of getting into the club. For sure. Um, and I think about like Philly being a black city and definitely known having a lot of black culture is famous for but also how surprisingly despite how the italian community in philly is a minority things like rocky things like cheesesteaks things like passaginos which is like a cheesesteak places those things have become synonymous with philly when for the really like the italian community is not that big (laughs) in the city but it's like it's that type of whiteness that's like well we're gonna accept these parts of philly and let's accept the other parts of it and I will say in Philadelphia, like Detroit is definitely the city of Detroit itself is a majority black city. Philly is plurality black. So Philly is still I, just under 50 But I think black, Philly but. has been, I, but I think when we're talking about some of the stuff in the past, I think in the past, Philly was one of the blackest cities. Mm. And maybe that's why she's less black now. But like thinking about when some of this stuff happened, like with Rizzo or even before that, like Philly was, you know, Philly had, I had a girlfriend, and that's one of the things I want to do next time I go to Philly and have real time. Like, Philly was a stop on the Underground Railroad. So that's part of the reason she became very much, like, that for, for early stop on the railroad. Um, and that's partly why she has become such a black city. And I think maybe she was blacker. But, yeah, definitely nowadays she's she's getting gentrified hard. 
Yeah, and Detroit, Detroit, was a stop. Detroit is a stop on the Underground Railroad, too, because, you know, Canada is right there, and we actually, there's a... <laughs> Just there's get out, a, girl. Just keep going, bitch. Know, Don't stop. <laughs> there's a famous church in downtown Detroit that actually is, like, mm. they have a whole... They, they, they were the stop of, on the Underground mm. Railroad, so... But yeah, yeah. But I think stop in Philly's in Germantown, so, oh, in North, so close cool. to North Philly, close to North Philly. Oh, I would love. <laughs> but to what were you gonna there. say, girl? Yeah, no, no, nothing. I just, I just want to say, yeah, I think, I think Philadelphia though definitely is, you know, gentrification tea has definitely made it a less black city than it once was, but she's still pretty black. Yeah. She's holding on. Well, I, I, I like that topic, girl. I think we did that. I think we did that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, uh, we it will. So check back in with us next month when we do like another anti-blackness topic. Maybe <laughs> we'll do one at once a month. Um, but I think we can move into thoughts and prayers. Just kidding. I don't have any. I'm taking a <laughs> <laughs> taking a break. No, from I, all the I'm taking a break. Now. Last last show, it hurt me a little bit how we ended last. It was five. I was like, oh. This is what happens if she if she just had her own the show all to herself. It would just be a Debbie Downer. Yeah, so bro. I'm ready to give all the snaps to you. I think, girl, if you even got an extra snap, you know, here I'm gonna throw a snap. No, I might throw a snap in there. I'd be like, oh, you know, Megan, uh, Markle, and Prince <laughs> Harry getting a Netflix drama, getting a Netflix deal. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Uh, you know, our, our American princess, but uh, but no, for our real, black girl. American princess, black More American princess. Yes, okay. Yes. Um, but to you, girl, let's give it to the snaps. Yeah, so I, I want to give two snaps to my very favorite news magazine, the, the Atlantic. Like, I've always, I've loved the Atlantic for years, more than time, more than Newsweek, which is trash now, by the way. Um, <laughs> which is like, what, yeah. Newsweek. They had that whole, uh, detri- oh, they did that whole thing about Kamala. Oh, I said Kamala. Um, then they had that whole kind of detraction about her posse not being black, and then like they didn't or not really being eligible them. for eligible sorry to be was. vice president. Sorry, Girl, they were on some some racist birther bullshit. Fuck fuck Newsweek, but the Atlantic on the other hand, we're speaking we're, we're speaking the affirmative, right? We're being positive. The, the Atlantic <laughs> has been putting out great stories for years. It's like one of the you know I subscribe to the New York Times, although I'm questioning that decision more recently. But I subscribe to the Washington Post. But the Atlantic is one that I've had to su- subscribe to just because they do great journalism and they expose Mr. JT for calling you know those Americans who died in war losers, talking about uh, Mr. JT's losers trip to and suckers and suckers, <laughs> right? And talking about her trip to France in 2018, where she didn't want to. You know, for a second time, go and commemorate the war dead from World War. I believe it was one or two. I can't remember. But she she didn't want to like she it was World War Two. Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it was Normandy stuff. So it was I think it was that's two. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard conflicting things, but yeah, the Normandy anyway. tea is obviously World War Two, right? But I think there is a memorial to World War One deceased. Mm. Uh, anyway, she didn't want to go out there and mess up her hair. Exactly <laughs> in the rain. Whereas all like the Chancellor of Germany, like the French president, the UK Prime Minister, all were there to commemorate the anniversary of the war, and Miss TJT did not go out because she said her helicopter, you know, would be. Would not be able to fly through the rain and the fog. Um, and then, you know, it would be too, the logistics of her driving there. But really, she just didn't want to go, you know, allegedly. And um, multiple news sites have now confirmed it, including CNN, including Fox News, including the Washington Post, uh, have said that, you know, they confirmed that the story is true. And so kudos to The Atlantic for breaking that story, because I think this might this may not change the true Trump girls, like those who are like a part of the Trump base, but those on the margins who might have voted for him in 2016. I mean, this is the kind of story that may get the, the wheels turning and getting them to at least if they don't vote Democrat in 2020, sitting out of the election and not voting for Ms. DJT. So, Especially as you were saying to me offline, some of the military girls who generally do vote Republican, right? Yes, but actually they polled active military service members. And right now they're polling 41% Biden, 37% Trump, which is unheard of. They always break for Republicans, even during the Obama years. Uh, but the military now is more POC than it has. You know, it's been POC mm-hmm. for a while, but it's heavily black and Hispanic. And moreover or black and latinx i'm hearing that the girls don't necessarily like the term hispanic we'll ask we'll ask a couple girls coming up but um but also 
Yeah, it's so, but yeah, they're breaking 41% Trump, or 41% Biden, 37% Trump. So mm-hmm. this will be, you know, the first time that, that, that we've seen that kind of polling towards Democrats among active military members. Yeah. No, I definitely think the Atlantic is, um, I, I, I remember the Atlantic really being my um, radar thanks to Tennessee Coast and that case for reparations. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. That was just everything. And they've um, published good work like that for some years now. They yeah, really have. Yeah. They're really, they're about that life. Yeah, so kudos to them. Kudos to them. <clears throat> and I think that's our show. Uh, follow us on social media at Two Saved Queens. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. Uh, that's that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't be doing shit on Facebook. No, sure no. no. And TikTok, don't. you know, TikTok. We let that girl go. Yeah, uh, I think she owes us some money. I'm about to go. Can we try? To yeah, check, check, on that. check yeah, on that. Yeah, I'm check on that. Um, don't forget to rate us and review us on the preferred podcast platform of your choice. Um, it helps get the podcast in front of more people. Um, we've got some exciting shows coming up for you all. Um, we're going to have some guests, I think, next yes. week. Do we so want to surprise the girls or do we want to tell No, them. we're going to surprise. Yeah, Let's I think surprise we should surprise the girls. The girls. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, you know, because my thing is, like, I really like having guests on. Um, so we're going to have some guests coming up. Um we're gonna de- we're gonna start our book club because we gotta do we gotta do Mariah's book and that's coming yes. out soon. Yes. I think I do want to. I think we are gonna do. I do want to. I, th- I think I'm gonna read that Marielle Trump book. So even if you, maybe I'll like find highlights for you, even if you don't want to read it, because I know we never talked about Melania. We need to talk about her. Oh too. yeah, because that um, book. So I we'll think Melania and me just came out last week too, or the week mm-hmm. before. So yeah. Yeah, you seem to understand that. So, so yeah, stay tuned, girls. Um, definitely got some interesting stuff coming up. As always, you know, we haven't listener mail will also be making a comeback because I have some um, stuff that uh, had come through. But as always, y'all girls can send comments, questions, emails, even topic ideas to ask them a s k t h e m at twosayqueens dot com. Um, and I hope y'all stay safe, healthy. And um, cool out there Because bitch it's been hot as hell bitch You know we got global warming Is a bitch honey California is on <laughs> yeah. fire Right now yes, girl yes. <laughs> I don't know I don't have AC in my apartment It's partly me I should just buy an AC unit But now I keep feeling like the fall is almost here And yes even though I live in LA And the seasons are like inconsequential It still does generally get cooler in the fall But I don't know girl It's September and we still have a heat wave So she might just need to go somewhere cooler Go up north we'll see But um yeah girl We gotta find a (laughs) word for the kiss (laughs) It'll be over soon girl The heat wave I'm sure It'll be over soon Oh that's your final word Oh, the he final world, girl, girls. Go and Google. Go and Google the gag reflex tea, girl. Go and Google. What? Go. That's my what final word, that? girl. It's teaching you how to get rid of your gag reflex. You know, tapping on your forehead or something. It, girl, go Google that. That's some good information. Okay. <laughs> to get y'all ready for when we can go ready out for, back for in the streets. Post quarantine. Yes. Get ready, girl. All right, y'all. See you next week. Bye. Bye.